you're talking about like, all these corporations. Have you had a lot of experience with the corporations? Like how many like have you, how many different states have you been involved in? You don't have to share if you want to, but uh, sounds like you know, I have a lot of involvement. A lot of different. I mean, I'll give you numbers. Sure. Uh, let's see. One, two, three, four. So about 13 different states. Oh, wow. Were you there with like their original medical programs and everything and with involved with these different companies, getting them started up in the ground up or? In the very beginning, yeah. I, yeah, because I was in I was in Vermont. And Vermont was, they were just pushing ahead with everything. They were, they were you know, they were just, bam, you know, much like Portland. Mm-hmm. And, and you know what I mean? And I really feel like that's what was a big play as to like uh, in in the weeds prohibition talk radio. I don't know how Joe figured it out, but it was just the right time. I mean, it was literally the right time. It was insane. I mean, I look at, I look a lot of like I I see a lot of these different people, you know, cannabis talk TV and like you know one ones and stuff like that, and all these different guys cannabis radio and all this stuff and we would have definitely been over the top of that. What made it different? What did you guys do? And you said it was an F, the only cannabis talk show on the FM dial. So what was Yeah, it? we were the first FCC regulated cannabis talk show on terrestrial radio. So what'd you guys we, talk about? We just came from a standpoint of education. Like okay. one of the biggest running jokes was the fact that everybody called us the NPR cannabis. Yeah, I'll say almost like a TED talk of cannabis. Basically. Yeah. I mean I got it everybody from like Ed Rosenthal and so cool to like Lizzie Post, you know, who wrote an etiquette book on cannabis, like a cannabis etiquette book, like, well, like smoking with friends. Literally not you. You're going to have to look this shit up on the internet. Well, I'm telling you, man, I'm not kidding you. Like this is, this is serious shit. Lizzie Post. Okay. Cannabis etiquette. Like can't make this up. I'm gonna make this required reading for the uh, for the servers at the lounge. Be like, you guys got to read it. Jake, <laughs> there is straight up a cannabis etiquette book. Lizzie Post etiquette, higher etiquette: a guide to the world of cannabis, from dispensaries to dinner parties. Very That's good. really cool. That's really cool. That's so many people I've I've heard that they're just like, you know, I don't know, I don't, I feel uncomfortable going to a a dispensary because I'm just confused. I don't know how to do anything. I don't know what I want. I feel out of place. That's why I like a lot of the dispensaries uh, that have that educational approach. And I feel those are the ones that I always feel most at home at and that you see grow really well where they're not just recommending the the highest THC. They ask you what like effects are you wanting? What are you looking for? What are you not looking for? Well, I mean, you're absolutely right. Nowadays, you just walk in the bud tender's like, yo, we're doing like two for $70 ace, man. You yeah. down God. It's just like a, any other sudden weed. I hate that. It's like any other retail experience. And it's just there, but even worse, they're just driving the sales. No customer relationship. Not even commission based. Too Not cool. even commission based. No, they're just hourly paying off the tips. And you would, so we run a business, uh, smoke and vape shops. And we have the opposite. We want people to build the relationships. And I tell you from a standpoint of, if you're trying to get tips, if you build that relationship, those tips go up big time. They come way faster too. Wait, way faster. You don't have to ask for them. You don't even have to mention it. The person's going to drop it in. We've had some of our people get tipped massive, massive. It's, it's amazing. But, uh, 
So now, now you're TKS Genetics, right? TCK. TCK, I'm sorry. I've been smoking, guys. He said I was going to get things backwards. He said it the last time. TCK Genetics. Talk to me about TCK. What's, is that here out in Arizona? Mm-hmm. Okay. Is that a, some a, like a startup or something that you were a part of, or you're just like, because I assume that basically gathering, well, you, you've, you're a consultant in a way. So this <laughs> seems like, well, with all your dabbling of everywhere that you've. I mean, like I said, the corporates were fucking basically taking everything they possibly could. Okay. So I being the, you know, all right, I'll, I'll give you a good analogy. Long time ago, this club owner, I know everybody's probably heard this story. This club owner comes to me and he's like, I was a DJ and he's like, no, man, I'm going to call the shots. I'm going to tell everybody how it is. This is how it is. This is what's going to happen. This is when we're going to open the doors, this and that, blah, 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 blah. So we had decided one night we were going to show this guy a lesson, just totally like. So everybody came in, we all signed up, did our things, everything was rocking, parties popping, about halfway through, turned the mixer off, packed up my shit, and walked out. And everybody walked out with me. Why? Well, because I was the DJ and the music stopped, and I don't care how cool your club is without music. You're done. It doesn't really matter. It doesn't matter how much liquor you got. They'll go buy drinks someplace else where there's music playing. Yeah. Same different. You know, if you pull the genetics back and uh, you don't take any flack from the corporation and you literally are just like, hey, you know what? You want that bubble cuss? Well, I don't really feel like giving it to you. <laughs> so I guess you guys are just going to wait until we put it back out. I mean, it's the same difference. Now that one, that one's my favorite, man. That's a, that's popcorn something. It's, it's bubble gum, it's fruit, and then it just tastes like an awesome IPA. You're right. It was like bubble gum, bubble gum going into a Capri Sun. Into a hoppy, hoppy. Yeah, super, super hoppy. IPA. I love it, bro. I quit drinking and IPAs are my thing. So that's, there we go. There's the IPA. Oh, that's delicious. Yeah. Hi, me. Sure. Sitting here wondering something. You don't have to. Okay. You, Bubba, you guys are, or just you, you're, you're a breeder, a geneticist. These corporations are coming to you and everything trying to get this stuff why like don't they when they start up like i can't you can't go into that without incriminating no 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 no. but like i first off a thank you very much not only for me and yourself and all the listeners i can't wait to answer this question oh okay okay you guys are never gonna believe this okay i'm gonna give you the big fifty thousand dollar secret all right. Every dispensary has a room, usually in between a thousand to fifteen hundred square foot. No. Every grow facility has usually tied to said dispensary. Okay. The reason why I can charge ridiculous prices for my cannabis and my strains is because the grow and dispensary owner will both tell you the same thing. 
85% of girl and dispensary owners do not hold their own genetics because they are not growing bud in a thousand or 1500 square foot space. So they see it as a complete loss. Just think of how ridiculous that is for one second. You're so greedy that if the room is not producing flour in your head, it's a loss. That is the most ridiculous thing I have ever heard in my entire life. Hence, TCK Genetics. Okay. So what's TCK Genetics? It's the cool kids. Okay. Everybody wants to be a cool kid. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, it's really easy to be a cool kid. You just call us, purchase a couple strains. Okay. Okay. And make ridiculous money. I mean, all right, so let's talk about this for a second. So let's say the Bubra. Yeah. We get Bubba endorsed, you get celebrity endorsements, you know, and they come in. In a thousand, you're going to do 25 million in the first fiscal year. And a thousand square foot growth. I'm, I'm asking for 10%, which is 250,000. Everyone looks at me like I'm crazy. You're going to give me $250,000 for this vial of seeds? Yeah. Oh my God. You know what I'm like? Is that kidding me? You're going to make, I mean, if you had half a brain in your head and you hold genetics, like you just cut a cup of mums and just replant it, you guys would make couple hundred million dollars off of one straight of cannabis. That's why they're stressing because they don't produce what wait, wait, do they not produce their own they don't produce their own cuts? Like they don't produce their own genetics. They don't produce their own cuts. They don't produce their own moms. They're not holding tissue culture. They're just letting shit fly by the wayside. You know, like all this stuff that I showed you here tonight. I have genetics for all of this stuff, like down to seed that I have curated, that I have stored, that I have kept so that I, if someone, if you were to come to me and be like, Hey man, I, I love that popcorn Sutton. Here you go. Boom. There it is. Like all of it. You want them rooted? Like <laughs> I got them, you know, just, it's very simple. It's not. It, it doesn't have to be difficult, but that's what I mean. These guys are so greedy. They just want to produce flour. And that's why breeders started making autos. You know, you got auto flowers. You just set it on 18.6 and forget it. What's the, but the quality, it doesn't seem, is the quality, I know it's obviously not there compared to what this, I mean, on a commercial side, you're never going to be able to compete with Boutique. No. There's no way. There's not one person out there that's going to be able to compete with Boutique. On a, I mean, and we're getting to a point now in cannabis where, I mean, realistically, you can run a 100,000 square foot grow from an iPad. <clears throat> Completely automated now. I was just at a little meeting and I was a guy who's a company and that was one thing he even said he's like you don't even have to you're well could be out in the desert you don't even have to go out there I mean and if you got money you know and you you know you're hanging science LED or false lighting or 
you know, everything's, uh, what do you call it, AC Infinity, and it's instructed through controllers, and, you know, it's like an Athena nutrient system, and forget it. Like, they're, I'm not saying that they're not producing high-quality cannabis. I mean, on a commercial level, they are. It's as close as they're going to get. You know, but I also think that there's a lot to, there's definitely something to craft and boutique. And that's why people will pay a premium for it because the difference is just leaps and bounds over what you're getting anywhere else. It's it's the difference of, do you want to go to McDonald's and get a Big Mac or, and spend, you know, five, seven dollars, or do you want to go to Gordon Ramsay burger <laughs> And get, you know, this handmade, nice, whatever you want on it. Get the truffle burger or whatever. Just giving out a restaurant and, you know, you pay a little bit more. Same thing in liquor, alcohol. You know, it's the same thing everywhere. But but it seems like... Uh, I mean, do you want to go to the dealership and, you know, rock the super dually fucking F-150? Or are you trying to rock the brand new GMC Hummer all electric? Like... Yeah. I get it. Him, him. Oh, this stuff is great though. Such a such a good high. Such a good high. So with your with your DJing, you're sitting here doing this interview in the Clarendon Hotel in Phoenix, Arizona. You just did a event here, a pool party. What do you uh what's tell me about you said you know the owner of this hotel, right? Yeah. Yeah, Simon's a real good guy. That's brother too, uh, Elevation Nation. Okay. So yeah, we just did a pool party here Saturday. Great. I mean, we killed it. Everybody was happy. Nice. Uh, we did real well. Place is packed. We did like 175 through the whole day. Then that equals lots of money over the bar, which, you know, obviously in turn makes them extremely happy. So, How's the cannabis scene here in Phoenix now being fully wrecked and everything and having one of the only hotels in the nation that allow stuff like this um, cannabis consumption the scene here is is pretty good it's pretty tight and it's starting to open up just a little bit there's a lot of organization having said that though a lot of, you know all of it is kind of it's corporate dominant uh, yeah, you know yeah even the even the smaller boutique type ask people are now becoming so big that they're not really boutique anymore well with uh with a well what is it was it 20 million just for the paper yeah i mean that sounds about right i mean i've heard 16 18 just but yeah for work just to apply got everything on top of that that's great. Well, no, no, that would be that would be the license. The license, yeah, but I'm saying but, everything else. I'm oh, no, there would be more than that. I mean, and most of them, though, at that point are going to be a turnkey, really. They're probably up and fully operational at that point. Yeah. I mean, you and, can't come into that type of play without, you know, massive, massive funding. Is the space out here opening up more to... Uh, to stuff like this where you're being able to see with uh with your genetics that you're being able to get it out there is it is this type of medicine being able to become available to people or do you see it just still going downhill 
Because honestly, I'm not impressed with a lot of multiple states I've been to. You know, there's well, there's only a couple brands that stand out on their flower, but most of the time dispensary flower never impresses. Everywhere you go, yeah. No, I mean I think that the uh, the real growers, the real breeders, are still very much in control of the genetics and i think that the dispensaries are kind of falling by the wayside in a sense because they don't care about holding genetics so that makes sense and you're gonna start to see like all right so tck is a good example because i am actually a fully registered nursery here in the state of arizona okay so the day that federal legalization happens i'm actually a fully registered cannabis nursery in the state of Arizona. I don't need a dispensary license. I won't need a grow license because I'm already certified through Department of Agriculture. All right. Now I just have to wait. That's that's my that's my, you know, like jab in the side, basically. Yeah. It's not a money thing. Mine's a time thing. Cause it could be three years, five years, ten years. Shit, it could never happen. Okay. Um legally I can sell seeds and clones federally legally right now. Because the government sees everything as hemp. As hemp, yeah. You just can't. So they see, wait, they see clones as hemp as well now? Yeah. I know it was seeds too. I didn't realize they considered clones. Yeah, it's it's anything that is of a non-flowering state. I mean, and that really does make sense. Yeah. Since, you know, it's like Arizona, okay? Uh, Arizona, legally, you can grow 12 plants in your house. 12 flowering plants. <laughs> but you can have all the clones you want ready to pop. I mean, but the funny thing about that is, and especially oh. trust me as a breeder, you kill them. You're killing them. You're going to kill them because you're phenol hunting. You're looking for something specific. So if you don't see, oh, sorry, done. You know what I mean? Like uh, a good example of that. I put down a whole tray of 50. They came up. I got 12 now, six and six of the best of the best. That's, I just cut the rest. Literally killed 44 plants on each side. Mm. Like, that's just how, you know, that's just how it goes in the struggle. (laughs) (laughs) You know, like, it's kind of crazy, but that's, that's what, you know. So I feel like there's this fallacy where like, you know, Department of Agriculture, like law enforcement reviewer, oh man, you should not a couple of plants over there. Well, you know that I'm going to kill 80% of them. Literally, you're going to take them all out. Like, I'm just waiting to see what they do. What if they were males? That's a loss too. Like, are they harsh on that around here? No. No, no not at all. That's nice. No, not at all. I mean, and I've had, I've had law enforcement in the grow. Nothing, no problems. They got at this point, they got so much bigger fish to fry, you know. Like, but nobody cares, yeah. They nobody cares anymore. They're just probably wishing they could have got some of that after they got off work or something, exactly. <laughs> That's exactly. That's a fair wish. Well, this has been great. I appreciate it, bro. Oh, no, appreciate that. The time talking. So, what's next for you? Oh, no, next. You know, I just want to keep developing my strains. Uh, we're doing, uh, we got a whole series of of events 
actually that are going to be coming up. Um, we're going to be doing some very fine dining thousand dollar plate infused mm. uh, wagyu wasabi encrusted. Yeah. Am I hitting any bells yet, yeah. people? Oh, man. <laughs> um, yeah, five star master chefs. We got. We're doing a pool party series of this private mansion. I'm all about the dinner thing, the food thing. You got me. I'm already hungry. I went and I went and checked out a place here today. That whoever, I mean, people with money know clearly know how to have fun. <laughs> this guy has a room. It's a racquetball court. Okay, and they're not doing anything with it. The house is connected with it. It's gorgeous. Sleeps like twenty people, and they're like, "Yeah, let's throw some parties." The whole thing's thirty feet underground. You literally put one hundred fifty people in this place and literally kill everyone, and no one would know. Wait, the whole house is underground? No, rat- like just the like rat- off of the thing. There's yeah. okay. You walk out the backyard. So say the sliding glass door, right? And you come out. There's like this stairway that goes down to this cool vestibule, yeah. and you're like, oh, okay. And then you walk in this door, and there's this massive racquetball court. But it's literally sheer rock under the ground, not both sides. So, like, you could have a 30,000 watt sound system in this place. Like, you could be banging the nastiest drum and bass you ever heard in your entire life. In front of thousands of people, and no one's gonna know. So the, the story we met the owners today. So the story goes: they rented the house to this to these guys, and they threw a rager like they were setting off fireworks inside the racquetball <laughs> court. Rager, like I was impressed. That's that's epic. I'm like, I've heard about that. Arizona even stuff. then, even then. They went, checked with the neighbors. are like, we didn't hear anything. We didn't. He's like, you had like 650 people through here last night. You, you guys didn't hear at 6 a.m. when they had been partying for like 13 hours at that point. They were going to shut it down till 10 a.m. Like, yeah, that's awesome. Uh, I, that would be a dope place. You guys are going to start throwing events there. That's what cannabis needs, man. We need more. We just need more lifestyle stuff. We just need to normalize it like everything else, bro. Well, and that's that's basically what TCK is doing. You know, that's where the cannabis kind of comes into play. Because a lot of people ask me, they'll be like, well, how do we smoke your weed? And it's like, well, then come to our events. Got you. Okay. Okay. All right. You heard it. You guys heard it. I like it. You know what I mean? A lot of the stuff is development. A lot of it's genetics, like Bubber Walters. And I mean, you're literally the second person besides me in the world that's ever smoked this way. Oh, my God. I told some people that I was, I didn't tell them the name of the strain. I told them, I was like, I'm having a very, what I consider, you know, once in a lifetime opportunity. I hope it's more than once in a lifetime. You said all the stuff that's in these. You said you're getting ready to go create some new strains. How do you go? What is your process when you go about picking what you want to cross to make a new strain? So, all right, Bubra is a good example of that. It's uh, so Bubra is a space queen. It's OG. 
It's cookies. It's 60% Bubba Kush. It's HM3 and BC Godbud. So when I look at all those different strains, a lot of those strains are made up of the same genetic profile as the original. That being, so HM3 is mostly a cookie strain, but cookies is mostly Bubba Kush. OG and Bubba Kush are made from the same Afghani. Like, so you're basically trying to stay within a certain range of terpene profiles mm -hmm. within a Phylos galaxy, basically. Uh, and there is such a thing as Phylos galaxy. You can literally go and kind of mind map different strains to see what the combinations are together. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Like what they're going to produce. Yeah. 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 Like, uh, oh, if you mix this with this and this, it produces this. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. There's a, there's actually something just recently that's been like, oh, no. We've had this, we've had this for quite a while. Huh. Huh. So what's, uh, this Bubba? What is its, uh, terpene profile? So I'm relaxed as fuck. I mean, great. I'm kind of hungry. I'm not the. It's the main terpene profile is gonna be from the most dominant strain, and the, the most dominant strain is Bubba Kush. Oh, okay. In okay. this, the second most dominant would be the OG. This was the one that I put into mass production, and that was the uh, Space Cleaner. No, this is the oh, that's you one. And the reason that I did that was because it's the most stable. I know at the end of the day, people's palate and profile, like that's one, the Frosted Flake one. Oh, that yeah, that's, dude, at anybody. Anybody would love that. No, I don't know. You don't know? I don't know. I think what you grounded up, like the nose at first, so I can't say everybody because I do like the stinky stuff. But most of the time in my experience, that stinky stuff, it's when you grind it up, it smells so fruity or it'll smell like a citrusy or like that. I, I swear that one reminds me of like, I don't know, grape something, berry something when you ground it out. That was very nice. Very nice. And then like almost vanilla notes after I hit it. I don't know. Oh yeah. It was really good. Oh yeah, absolutely. That's what I miss. And that's why I'm enjoying this session right now so much. Cause, uh, I don't know. I did a little, uh, I should say, here the last month, uh, this last month stuff, some of the stuff I got, I was a little, a little upset on the terpene profile and just wasn't, wasn't what I was looking for. And, uh, I don't know, just wasn't enjoyable to smoke, you know, and when you want your medicine, you also want to enjoy it. And this is, goes now nice and smooth, hits you right where you need it to. That rosin, I am so blessed. <laughs> that is, oh. You got a, you can, Fringy Cannoli, and we lost him. You know, his daughter, uh, she's still carrying on. She goes by, I think, like Cherry Blossom something mm -hmm. or whatever. But, uh, dude, that's a craft. You know how to do your press. That is, that is great. Yeah. And I mean, like I said, I'm to the point right now where I'm not even washing it either. I'm, I'm literally just taking it right off the plant. Well, it just goes, because the way you're growing it with your living soil, probably you probably have your way at the end of, of flushing the plant, probably itself and everything. And 
Oh yeah, I know what you're doing. Yeah, I mean, I uh, I put a lot of time into the flush process because of the, I'm looking for like a very specific fade, and I'm also looking for a very specific um, like a very specific tricone profile. I've seen them blue, I've seen them amber, I've seen them purple. I really look for a mass majority of fully formed and cloudy. Uh, when I start to see change in color and stuff, mm -hmm. I usually pull. You don't want that change in color? Um, I mean, yes and no. I guess it depends on what I'm growing for. If I'm growing for myself, no, not necessarily. If I'm growing for other people, sure. Because they love that couch lock experience. I'm not trying to put people in the couch lock. I'm trying to literally keep everything going, you know? Yeah, I feel very functional off this. Right. Very, very functional, but very good. Bless. Bless. Don't want to be like, whoa, you know, too out of sorts. Yeah. But, you know, it's funny because, oh, I have people that I smoke with and the different organizations that I work with and stuff around Phoenix and two of two of my biggest smokers are older guys and they've been smoking weeds in seventies and then they smoke my weed and they're just like, no, nah, it's not the same. You don't understand. I, you know, it's funny. I heard smoked with some old guys. There's this one old guy. Even when he was high off his ass, he would talk about the stuff that he used to smoke. He's like, you don't even know that stuff's just to get us so high. I was like, yeah. I was like, you know, it was also probably because you didn't smoke it very often. But this guy in particular, I was like, you probably didn't get to smoke very much. So every time you smoked, you got super high. So, but I believe it. I believe it. Oh, man. It's been great talking with you. We've been going for an hour now. Whenever you look up, when I had an hour, I'm good. I'm glad with everything we are able to talk about today. The opinions expressed on this CannabisRadio.com program are those of the guests and hosts and do not necessarily reflect those of the staff and management of CannabisRadio.com. Any rebroadcast, republication, or retransmission of this program without proper consent is prohibited.